0: Welcome to Holistic Hearts, a place to dive deeper into living holistically, a place where my mom shares thoughts on living fully, creating intentionally, and empowering others to come along with her in this journey.
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening to Holistic Hearts. Today I am super excited to have one of a kind person, man, uh, mentor, coach, um, uh, friend, Alan Arnold, on the show today. And I just want to say hello first. Hello. (laughs) And I also have Joshua here with me today because why not? (laughs) He's done so uh, amazing at co-hosting with me, so... Hello.
0: Thanks for having me on again. Yes. Excited to talk to Alan.
1: (laughs) Yes. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about Alan. Alan is an amazing former publisher. Uh, He helped start, right, founding Thomas Nelson Fiction, and he did that for about 20 plus years and decided that he was getting called over to Colorado to come and hang out with... John Eldridge and their team at Wild at Heart Ministries. And he is the executive producer for content over there, which is phenomenal. If you haven't heard of it, I don't know where you've been living, but <laughs> you should go check it out. And um, yeah, man, he wrote this amazing book called The Story of With, which is an imaginative allegory story of a young woman kind of figuring out her story in life and where she needed to go and all of those things. Every single one of them, you need to go check it out. And we'll definitely plug it in the notes. So welcome on the show.
2: Thank you, Kristen. Wow. It's great to be with <laughs> you.
1: So I first wanted to give a little background on on how you and Joshua came to know each other because I didn't know you at first. Um it actually came through Joshua. So Joshua
0: well, <laughs> I got to to meet Alan at a retreat, and um, lo and behold, he actually ended up bringing me back to the Springs. So we got a long, gosh, what two and a half hour conversation mm-hmm. where wow. I got to to really get to know Alan a little bit and uh, just hear his heart and hear about what he he does and him kind of picking my brain too. And so it was just it was a really great time to just get to know each other um, at that retreat. And so and then kind of coming back. Yeah. Go ahead, Alan. I'll let you dive in there as well.
2: I mean, I think the best way to get to know somebody sometimes is through a, a, you know, a long drive. And we had a drive through some beautiful country and some great conversation, unhurried, unrushed, Mm -hmm. where there were no distractions, no interruptions. And I got to ask you about your life story and your marriage and your kids and your dreams. And you asked me a lot of the same. And it felt like by the time we arrived, we were kindred spirits. And then Kristen was picking you up where we met. And right. I felt like I already briefly knew her from <laughs> your story. So it, it was a really cool way God brought us together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was in the season of really just playing around with the idea of, do I write a book? should I write a I think I should write a book. <laughs> and so I was able to sit down with Alan a couple times and really just brainstorm and get real tangible help of, okay, this is how you should probably lay it out. And, um, man, it was so helpful. So yeah, I, that's kind of the beginning of us all knowing each other.
0: Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I got to sit on at least one of those conversations mm-hmm. as well.
2: Yes. So, and that's a big joy of mine is helping, you know, Christian, and Joshua, it's like helping people's story come alive. And so almost everybody has a story or an idea within them. And to have those conversations to me where things start to come together is like the coolest thing. And I still can't wait for your book to come out. I know, <laughs> I know you're working on it, um, but it's an amazing idea. So that was fun to do together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for the constant (laughs) encouragement. I love the every now and then, how's the book going? (laughs) It's always helpful. So one of the reasons why I would love to have you in this conversation and just pick your brain uh, is because you are one that is a diver for uh, creativity and imagination and identity and going for your whole heart And those are all things that Holistic Hearts is about. It's about living fully in your story. And um, I I could really think of no better person to bring on the show and talk about creativity. And in the midst of the quarantine, which we've on the show, I've already talked about how creativity is so important um, for self-care. And just to hear your thoughts on that as well and how important it can be to step in even more during this season oh yeah. yeah so i did want to start with a quote from the story of with because you said in your book you said do you really think the creator of time won't give you time for what he's stirred you to do and <laughs> i thought that was like the most appropriate mm-hmm. quote because Um, We have our time right now, even though um, our schedules look totally different than they did four or five months ago. Um, There's less external distraction, but more maybe at home distraction and how creativity can even thrive in that. And I'd love for you to speak on that.
2: Yeah. So this, I think what you're touching on, Kristen, is so huge because We are living in somewhat of an unprecedented time, at least in most of our lives. We haven't had anything like this. And so it provokes a lot and it creates a lot of question and a lot of tension and a lot of unknown. And so that comes into play, I think, in ways that we underestimate with our creativity. And Mm -hmm. so just to give you a little bit of thought and the listeners a little bit of thought on this. Um, Number one, I believe our creativity is one of the most important gateways to intimacy with God. Hmm. So to begin, it's not just we need an outlet to do something that brings us joy or, wow, I love to paint. I love to write. I love to whatever. And that's a stress reliever. Um, Those things may be true, but, you know, there's a saying that the only person that really underestimates our calling or our gift is us. Mm
3: -hmm. In other
2: words, God doesn't underestimate it. He gave it to us for a reason. The enemy doesn't underestimate it. He knows how dangerous and how high impact it is for the kingdom Mm -hmm. and for ourselves and others. And so the only person out of God, the enemy and us that underestimates the power and the importance of our gifting I think is us Mm -hmm. and we sell it short and we we don't understand all that it can bring so that's a foundational thought now when we live in a time of chaos well a lot of times one of the first things to go is our creativity Mm -hmm. because why well because um it's hard to be creative in the midst of a storm. It's hard to be creative when everything feels unsettled and unknown.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and I coach a lot of writers. And even though they have more time at home and have had these past few months, a lot of them will say, it's not a problem of having time to sit at the keyboard. The problem is what doesn't flow when I do sit at the keyboard. Hmm. I, I can't create like I used to, even though I have more time to create. And so that introduces the element of chaos in kind of what happens when our creativity and chaos collides.
3: Hmm.
2: And so one thing I want to do today is spend a little time talking to you about just a new way to see our creativity through the lens of chaos. Okay. And so I, I want to leave space for you to ask questions and I don't just want to talk and have it be a monologue, but
1: no, but please I do. do. <laughs> Go. I would love it. It's like a live coaching session right here.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, stop me at any point, like for questions I got my or thoughts. Um, so here's what I would say to to begin with. We've talked a little bit about the importance of our creativity. So what is the story that we find ourselves in? Not not that you're writing or I'm writing or somebody's writing, but the story we're living. What is that story right now? And how does it relate to the larger story eternally? So what I would say for people is to start looking at it from the perspective of where does chaos come from?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because most people would say we live in chaotic times, that their life has become more chaotic this year Uh, With the pandemic, but also with the social unrest, with job situations, job loss, uh, school, is school on, is it off, am I now a homeschool mom, (laughs) even though I never planned to be, um, you know, I don't have a place to work out anymore, at the gym, whatever church is unknown in a lot of places, in terms of whether you can go or not. So chaos is here. Well, what is the root of chaos? Because if we don't know that, it's hard to deal with something we don't really understand. So think about this, the origin of chaos. Well, a lot of Christians, believers would say, well, chaos happened, originated in the garden with Adam and Eve when they chose against God, when they chose the fruit. That was when the world entered a fallen state. They sinned. Chaos came on board. The only and it did, but it's not the origin. Because if we go further back in the story, we see there were the days of creation, and before the days of creation that started in Genesis 1 3, Genesis 1 2 has this mysterious verse. The second verse in the first book of the Bible is about the spirit hovering over this murky darkness, this yes. um, unknown, this watery substance, this unformed matter. Mm-hmm. Most Hebrew scholars would say, whatever else was happening, that was a spirit hovering over chaos. Okay, so wow. what that means is chaos existed before the garden. Chaos existed before creation of the universe,
3: hmm. because
2: God hadn't started creating yet. And so what's really cool is the first act that we see God do in Scripture is reshape chaos, that's the very first thing hmm. he does. he It's before he starts creating. It's before day one. It's his first creative act. And so I'm a big believer that God introduces himself to us in a certain way for a purpose. Well, the first two ways God introduces us to him in Genesis is as creator and father.
3: Hmm.
2: So creator in the beginning, he's creating we see him as creator, and we quickly see him as father, mm-hmm. uh, giving life and birth to us. And so creator and father, that means we are sons and daughters who are being shown how to co-create, sons and daughters of a father, mm-hmm. co-creating with the creator. If we know his identity, we know our core identity. Yes. And what's the first thing he shows us, it's how to come into chaos and out of disorder, to bring order, beauty, life. And how does he do that? He does that through his creativity in his presence. Hmm. And so God doesn't become more chaotic in the face of chaos. God actually transforms the chaos because of who he is and what he does. And I believe he offers us the same ability as his sons and daughters is in the midst of chaos we can step into it with Him, not in our own strength, not in our own brilliance, but with Him, and we can change the chaos into beauty, life, order, hope. And and so that is a little bit more of an anchor point for us to see chaos. And by the way, you know, so the question still I didn't answer, where did chaos originate? Because it was already there in Genesis 1-2. And it was there before the universe was formed. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: I I would say, best we can tell from Scripture, chaos originated in the kingdom when one-third of the angels rebelled. In other words, when Lucifer, in Scripture we learn in other places, in Ezekiel and Isaiah, we see where one-third of the angels rebelled against God. Mm -hmm. And they rebelled... Because best we can tell, Lucifer, in his heart, uh, entertains and and almost gives birth to chaos. And then he unleashes chaos in heaven. And so (laughs) chaos, I believe, originated when when his heart allowed this thing to grow and become a substance, (laughs) which was envy, hate. Ego, when that happened, I believe that's the best we can tell where chaos originated. And now when we look at chaos and we wonder, well, why does chaos in our life sometimes seem so personal? And why is the effect of chaos to kill, still and destroy? Well, because it's got the markings of the enemy all over it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And and from before time began, we talked about having enough time because God's the creator of time. Before time began, if this was given birth chaos and God has actively been changing and opposing chaos since before time began. and it, And it oh. enters into our story now. And so when we see chaos, we have a choice. Either we become more chaotic. Chaos makes us more chaotic. How does it do that? The external chaos makes us internally more chaotic. And then we become chaotic inside, and then we spread chaos like a virus. Or we transform and change chaos. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: God. And and we don't let chaos in, and we not only don't let it in, we actually transform it. And how do we transform it? Like God did in Genesis 1 2, through our presence and our creativity, our gifting. And so that's that shift in how we see chaos, I think can be huge because then, well, if somebody's, you know, you probably have heard people say this, I'll get back to my creativity or my passion or my dreams, my talent once things calm down. Yeah. Once things settle down, I'll get back. Well, that's the wrong attitude toward chaos. That's that's saying, I'll let chaos reign until it stops raining, and then I'll try to re-engage. That's not how God approached chaos in Genesis 1-2. He didn't try to wait it out. He didn't fear it. He didn't run from it. Hmm. He didn't uh, panic. He actually said, no, actually, when I come into contact with chaos, chaos is going to blink first because I'm going to change it because of who I am and and because of what I can do. And so we have that same option so that the answer to chaos in our society in our world and our in our hearts is not to wait it out, hope it goes away or hope it doesn't hit us too hard and just mm-hmm. kind of bow down and wait. It's actually to proactively change it and and we do that at least partially through our gifting. Hmm. And that's why I said at the beginning, we underestimate the purpose of our creativity. It's not just to paint a pretty picture. It's not just to tell a cool story. It's not just to cook a cool meal. It's actually to help change the atmosphere and the world around us hmm. as sons and daughters of God. It's, it's, it's mirroring who he is through who we are and what we do.
1: So can I ask you a question in that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I, I know for me, um, I definitely have struggled uh, with the, well, it, once I, that kind of what you were just saying, that once I feel at peace, then I can do this. So are you saying um, just go for the creativity and start to see the breakthrough and feel the peace enter in, in that way. Or I I'm just picturing. So I immediately thought of the verse be still and know that I am God and just taking a breath and becoming present and then allowing him to work through you and create through you. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm trying to imagine what that I'm, looks like.
2: Yeah, I love your question of okay, great concept. But, <laughs> but, um, and so, the, so the way I would answer it is, be still. I don't think necessarily means freeze and be still. I think it means calm yourself.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: take a breath, and and knowing leads to doing we can't stop external chaos always from happening. We don't, you know, we live in a fallen world. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so people are going to do stupid things. Uh, we're going to do stupid things. Other people are, um, there's viruses, there's natural disasters, there's things wear out, things break. Uh, Like there will, Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble. I think we could say he'd be fine with us saying you will have chaos. Mm -hmm. In this world, fallen world, you will have chaos. But we don't have to let the chaos in because as believers, Christ lives in our heart. He doesn't live in the middle of chaos. He lives in our heart. And so we don't have to let that chaos in, number one. And number two, uh, let's look at how Jesus responded to chaos in Scripture because that's very practical. Like, Jesus didn't just sit in a, a... on a throne, you know, in, in, in the gospels, he didn't just sit and throw out all these, these ideas. He was living in a chaotic world. And so what did he do when, you know, we have all, almost every story of Jesus. If you think about it in this lens is Jesus overcoming chaos. Yeah. So whether it's a storm, he doesn't seem panicked about the storm in the boat. He actually calms the storm. Hmm. He doesn't seem panicked with the the demoniac. He brings calm. He, and, and, you know, whether it's healing somebody or whether it's um, a situation with him in a group of people where things get chaotic or whether it's, you know, in a boat, whatever it is with nature, he is always bringing beauty, life, and order out of the chaos. Yeah. And so, We see a practical example. And yeah, we could say, well, wow, that's Jesus, but that's not us. Um, But he's (laughs) modeling for us how to approach chaos. And so I think the first step to answer your question is don't let it in. Remember who you are. Remember who God is. Guard your heart. Above all else, guard our heart. It's the wellspring of life. It's the source of life. Guard our heart. Don't let it in. And then realize that our gifting is actually given to us, one, for intimacy with God, but two, it is our way to combat chaos. Hmm. And any one of our ways may not be enough, but as the body of Christ, together, we have an immense range of gifting and talents that if we will step into them and look at them as weapons of light then we actually can transform a lot of the chaos around us. And so that's, to me, it's a very practical thing. So when I sit down, like uh, just a personal example, um, in the last few months, I have largely quit watching the news most of the time because, (laughs) because the impact on my heart is heaviness, Uh, it's trying to let in the, the news is trying to invite fear, uh, unknown turmoil, division, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these things. So I want to be informed. So, you know, I may take five minutes a day and get a recap of what's going on, but I'm not going to watch hours of news. I'm not going to have a channel just blaring in my house, uh, for hours at a time with the latest news alert. Yeah. And because that's that's not that's letting chaos in, it's not just information, it's 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 purposely chaotic to sell you on staying glued to the channel. Mm-hmm. And so instead of doing that, I've been writing a book um and I started a few years ago but but I've redone the whole thing and I'm about a month away from being ready to edit and publish it. And it's on this very topic. It's on this very topic of chaos and creativity. And so I am using my gifting and my love of writing and story and God to, how am I trying to make a difference in the world? Well, I'm trying to create something through conversations like this where I'm speaking it. And then the writing of a book that actually shows people a new way to understand chaos and how to transform it instead of becoming more chaotic.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: so I'm, I'm not letting the chaos in, but I'm actually using my gifting to try to counter the chaos in a very specific, tangible way. And everybody's gifting, you know, if a restaurant owner would respond differently and uh, a medic or a dancer or you know, a poet would do it differently than I am. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I'm saying. We need all of those things in action and in motion. And it's a whole new way. I've shared with you before my definition of creativity, which is, is bringing something new into existence
3: Mm -hmm.
2: that transforms the atmosphere. And we do it through who we are and what we do, our presence and our gifting. That's that definition holds true, I think, because that's how God creates through his presence. Yeah. I am that's a, I am as a present statement. When God gives his name as I am. It's a fully present comfort. It's more than that, but it conveys presence. And then he shows himself in Genesis in the first few verses as the ultimate creator. So through his gifting and his presence, he creates, he transforms and the first way he did that was moving against chaos. And so I don't think that's accidental. And the, the thing is, we are invited to join him in that. And we do that by being co-creators. And we do that by staying as his sons and daughters with him. And so it's an intimate, active, beautiful act that we get to step into every time that we decide, to pursue the gifting he's given us he's given it to us for our purpose and when we pursue it with him we change the world Mm -hmm. so it's you know i think when people start to hear that and see that i can imagine some of the listeners will say well i wow that sounds great but i don't know what my gifting Mm -hmm. is or i don't think i'm very creative well Mm -hmm. if you don't think you're very creative that's a lie Because you have the DNA of the creator in you. How could you not be creative? You have that in you. It's not, it's not, you didn't get left out of the creativity (laughs) gene. You have the creator's DNA in you. You are creative. The, The only question is maybe, well, in what way? And I would just say, well, in what way do you come alive? What, what do you love to do? You might have to think back to girlhood or boyhood. You may have to think back to when you were a lot younger, but what is it that you would do for free every day if if money wasn't an object? What would you be drawn to? And that's a hint at your creativity. And and then imagine the ways you may not have be able to do that as a full-time job, and that's okay, but you can use that gifting as a way to change the world around you. Yeah. And well, so
0: and yeah. yeah, we've, we've talked a little bit about that, um, just in, and even just trying something, right. And it, it really becomes a, I don't yeah. know if, if I'm going to like something, if I don't try something to try to figure out whether it's something that's uh, not only for uh, something that builds your spirit. Um, but again, to the whole point of feeling more connected to the father and to, um, And then to be able to show and like share that with the world, but you don't know until you try and it might be trying a few different things out and then like really Mm -hmm. grabbing onto something that you feel like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is it. And it can change season to season too. Right.
2: And that's so good. You're right. And it may not be, you know, your gifting isn't necessarily always going to make you feel like you're, um, on cloud nine and be all roses and sunshine. Like our gifting <laughs> is hard work and there will be valleys. And it, when you find what you love to do, that doesn't mean it's easy to do or doesn't mean stay with it while it's fun and then bail because that's not how God grows us up is when we bail on the hard times. Hard times and chaos are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. But Hard times grow us up, and chaos tries to destroy us. So those are not the same things, and we don't need to respond to each in in the same way. So, uh, Alan,
0: on a practical level then, like how how would you distinguish between those two? Because I think sometimes it can be really hard to know, is this something that the Father wants to kind of build me up in, or is this the enemy trying to destroy and and cause that chaos.
2: It's good. Well, what? Yeah, it's yeah. Great. Um, Great question. One is the, to look at the fruit of what it is. What is the fruit of um, my wife and I going through hard conversations to learn how to, how to love each other more?
3: Hmm.
2: Really good. Really good. What is the fruit of, um, deciding to um, burn something down because I don't like what it represents. Um, Hmm. Potentially chaos, like, you know, potentially, I'm not talking about any specific news event I'm saying, but what is, what is the fruit of what I'm trying to do? Is it, is what I'm doing creating more chaos or is what I'm doing creating more of the kingdom. Hmm. Um, and so then we can filter in. Yeah, like there's a lot of hard times, but if those hard times are growing me up or drawing me closer to God or um, if it's if it's causing something in my personality to mature, that's really good. If it's ego-driven, if it's... Uh, out of a rage if it's out of offense if it's out of uh fear then it's probably got chaos somewhere in it Mm -hmm. and those things we don't we don't walk into chaos and come out a transformed person we usually come out shredded or or empty or void and we walk out of hard times if we will go if we will you know, agree to the process, we walk into hard times a lot of times and come out on the other end matured, grown up, um, having learned something really valuable, drawing closer to God. And so, while you can't always tell in, in the first, second or immediately, you have to ask yourself, what is the fruit of what I'm about to enter into? And if, if the if the emotions are rage, offense, anger, division, striving, um, fury, well, those aren't really the fruits of the Spirit. And on the other hand, if the emotions going in are, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's really hard. God, will you do it with me? Um, this feels impossible, but I, I, I believe you can – the impossible and yes i have some humility and I, I want to grow and i want to be better in this area and i want to change and and one is love driven and one is fear driven yeah so you can use those filters and i think you can tell fairly quickly what has the stamp of the enemy on it and what has the stamp of god on it god took all of his uh sons and daughters in scripture Old Testament, New Testament he took all of them through hard times. yeah, including Jesus. <laughs> you know I, I don't I don't remember any major biblical character that was on Easy Street and lived a life of luxury. And I don't know any Bible story we teach our children where it was like once upon a time there was a, a guy and he lived a really easy, happy cush life. And then he died and went to heaven. You know, like we don't even tell, we don't tell those stories because there's nothing in those stories that seem real, I and mean, we know intuitively no movie. What movie would we want to go see where it was? It's a story of a of a woman whose life is really good and easy, and nothing changes, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> You know, you'd go like, well, I know, but what happens? Well, <laughs> nothing really. She just has a great day every day. Like you wouldn't watch that. You wouldn't binge on that on Netflix because you you inherently know, but there has to be transformation to make a story work. There has to be growth and change. Yeah. And that happens only through hard times. Mm.
0: Can you can you speak to this, this distinction? Because I th- I think of um, well a couple of different things. One that understanding where you are at in that process um, it feels very. You have to have the communication with the father in order to know that right. uh, wh- where you are going with that, and and then also my I guess my question in that is, there can be a lot of good things. Like on the surface, like um, if you're talking about is is it ex, um, expanding the kingdom? I'm thinking of you know in church, right? You you get asked to. We just talked about it on our last episode. T- yeah, you get asked to serve in the um, the children's ministry, which in of itself is a good thing. But asking like, is that where I should be? contributing right now? Or is that using my creativity or or what he's given me in the best way possible? And the answer might be no, I guess is my point. So there might be really good things on the surface, but diving deeper into that to know whether or not it's something that it is going to um, feed that purpose. And so just distinguishing between those two things can be tricky as well. Does that make sense?
2: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think you God doesn't want us exhausted, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's um, good. And, and there will in our lives always be too many things that too many people try to ask us, want us, sell us on doing that God never invited us into. And so you have, and that's why I think it's important. You have to know what gifting has God given me and how can I use that for the kingdom? And then, and then, a big part of creativity and our gifting is rest. And I, yeah. you know, on the seventh day, I don't think God rested. In fact, I know He didn't rest out of exhaustion. Like God wasn't like, oh my gosh, if I if I don't sit down awesome. after six days of this, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> That's good. You know, like that wasn't what he it, it's a misinterpretation of the original word. Yeah. I think closer interpretation is he savored hmm. what he created. Yeah. He he savored, he That's, good. Enjoyed, That's so he, good. And so we have to build into our days rest and savoring. And if we just chase every good thing, you know, every good opportunity, serve in the preschool ministry, work in the parking lot ministry, um, serve on your neighborhood homeowners association, volunteer for the everything at your kid's school (laughs) in sports and academics and the teachers. uh, So find a way to to give them little gifts at once a month and love on them and on and on and on. Ultimately, you know, the enemy loves that because you're just busy.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
2: you're bit, you're over busy and you're going to burn out. And God never asked you to do all of those things. I mean, just look at the story of Mary and Martha. Um, and so, and so I think you're right. It's important to, to know one, what am I gifted at? And, uh, one of the the tenants at the ministry I work at wild at heart that John Eldridge has is, do a few things and do them well. Hmm. Do a few things and do them well. In other words, when people come up to us after an event and say, Hey, I think you guys ought to do a father daughter event, or I think you ought to do a marriage retreat. Uh, it's so fun to be able to look at them and go, you think that's a good idea? Yeah. I'm passionate about that. Awesome. You do that. <laughs> that's, you take your passion and you do that. We're doing what we're called to do. And we're going to do a few things and we're going to do them really well.
3: Yeah. And if
2: you are passionate about a father-daughter dance, that's incredible. Go do it. But we're not going to start doing 17, 20, 30, 80, 90, 500 different things because that will cause the ministry that we have to implode.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, right. and we want to purposely stay small and nimble and be able to do what God calls us to. And, and that requires us to do a few things and do them well. So I think that's true in a, a person's, you know, on their life as an individual, as well as where they work.
3: Hmm.
1: That's good. That's really good. Oh man, Alan, you gave us so many great things to chew on and implement, especially during this time. <laughs> and um, Gosh, I'm I'm walking away from this little coaching session <laughs> feeling thankful and man, yeah, so good. I I am longing to really hone in and ask where his creativity is wanting to flow. Because interestingly enough, I got the word at the very beginning of the year, uh that this year was going to be a powerhouse year. And to Mm. be honest, I teared up and started crying because in my own, uh, tangible journey, (laughs) my, my body and my soul felt very weary. And so when I heard that word, I was like, Oh no, (laughs) I do not feel like a powerhouse, but the leaning in during this, these, especially these last four months. And I can testify to that moment of laying back and relaxing in this river of creativity and allowing him to just flow through me is where literally the powerhouse comes from. And, and anytime I struggle in this little river, of creativity and I try to stand up on my own and paddle up the river myself, I, I lose all <laughs> uh feeling of where I am and, and everything gets, you know, uh, oh. befuddled. <laughs> but as soon as I lay back and trust that he's taken me on this ride and it's his powerhouse through me, then that's where the glory comes.
0: <laughs> I think of, a uh something um, Matt Toth talks about uh, the the stakes are high in the creativity and what God's created us to do mm-hmm. um, so that we can show the world him through our unique way um, that he's created us to do that um, right. and the pressure's off in that we're not we're not supposed to try to do it ourselves. We're not supposed to try to, Make it happen in some, you know, grit your teeth kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, and and that allows, Alan, to your point, the the rest to be able to come, because we we get to be able to say, hey, there, there nothing is up to me. Ultimately, it's it's him flowing through that and allowing um, the way that he created me specifically to then impact the atmosphere around me, but I have very little to do with that. I just get to be that conduit, um, to, to make, and to be, to be willing to, to take that risk, to, to try something, to, to show the world a unique way, um, that he, he wants to show himself through the way that he created me.
2: I'm losing you guys on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I can hear your laughter. I know, okay. funny. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, but I think I heard. I think I heard all but the last sentence or two. Um, so, yes, I, I was going to share with you guys. Um, are you? You know. You know, Sean at Building Three Coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so we we've met there before, and and uh, he and his wife are amazing, and we one of the stories he told me that I really loved is he, he was showing me a new coffee they had. And as I was tasting it, he said, do you taste this essence of orange in it? And I said, yeah, I do. And like, how did, well, how did you get that into the coffee? And he said, well, I didn't. What happened was, and this was, I don't know if uh, the coffee was from, I can't remember now where it was from internationally, but He said in the grove that it was in the coffee grove was right next to a grove of orange trees. Hmm. And so bees would cross pollinate. So they would go to the orange trees. Then they would go to the coffee trees and they would cross pollinate. And so the beans would actually have this essence of orange infused into them. and you know, you think about that, and the coffee bean couldn't strive enough to have an orange essence. Been... Like the coffee bean couldn't self-manufacture this orange taste, couldn't do anything on its own, but it was infused into it. And I think when we look at our gifting that way, man, you're right, it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. We don't infuse ourselves with our gifting. We don't try really hard for like we can work at our gifting and we should and we can practice and we can get better and better at the things that God has given us a desire for we should do that but we have to remember we didn't birth the actual spark of that creativity in us we were born with it mm. and once we remember that then not only does it take the pressure off but it reveals there's a purpose there's a purpose in that gifting and and we don't have to strive to prove our worth in it, we were given it. Now we just have to slowly over time, unwrap it and discover it and spend time with it. Hmm. And the more time we spend with it, the more we get to know the creator who gave it to us. So the more we pursue our gifting, the more we, we have intimacy with the giver of the gift. And that's the really cool cycle that I do think takes away striving. And it's never been, probably for you guys as well, it's never been easier for me to, when somebody asks me to do something that I know is not in my gifting and that I'm already pursuing that with the free time I have, it's not hard to tell um, the people asking, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not your guy for that. And that's, you know, I know somebody is, God's given somebody else that gifting and I want you to find them because that's going to make them come alive. And it's not me or it is me. I do love doing that, but I know with soul care, I'm not going to do this 24 seven. And so even though I love to do it and I'm gifted at it, I'm sorry, I don't have time for the next year to do this, but reach out to me in a year and we'll see. And at first that can feel a little selfish, but it's, it's really not selfish when you're doing it in the right motive. it's self care. Yeah. And if you burn out, you're no good to anybody, including yourself, much less the people you love. So that's it. I think when we see our gifting that way, man, the pressure is off. And it's not always joy and simple and easy and playful, but it is purposeful. And the fruit of it is really in our own lives and in the lives of the people we're in touch with. It's amazing. Like, Kristen, what you offer to people with these, you know opportunities to um what do you call your what do you call your um
1: encounters
2: encounters <laughs> yes like those encounters with people um that you lead where they encounter Jesus in a new way yeah like that i i couldn't do that and i i, I most people i know could not do that that's a unique gifting you have mm. and that is your way to counter the chaos in the world it's yeah. one way. Mm-hmm. It's not the only way, but it's one way. And so, when you're in that sweet spot, you're doing what God gave you as a, a gift and a love to do, and it draws you and others closer to God. And it's not in your own strength, and it's not you're not carrying the whole weight of that. Yeah. But it's a great dance to get to enter into with God.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's good.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, Alan. And thanks for taking the time to come on here. And, Holistic Hearts listeners, I highly recommend Alan's book, The Story of With. And again, we'll put a link at the bottom of the show notes or you can find it on Amazon. And um,
0: yeah, thanks. Thanks for all that you're doing with uh, all the different projects that you're doing. Because it is, we see the the creativity coming out of that and, uh, your heart and it all. So thanks for,
2: oh, man. for all Thank that you, you guys do. And, and there's uh, if, if listeners are interested, literally just a week or so ago, I put up two new video series on my website, which is with Alan, W I T H A L L E N.com.
3: Thank
1: you. They're
2: free. One is a six part video series on called the shift to width the shift to with, what does it look like to shift in our life to every aspect of it with God
3: awesome. actively
2: and intimately? How do you pursue your dreams, your, your desires, your questions? So that's a free six part series. And then if there's any writers out there, I did a five part series on creativity with God. And cool. it's specifically for those wanting to write fiction or nonfiction, but how do you pursue that particular gifting of being a storyteller with God. Hmm. Um, So if people like want more in those areas, there's no cost, just go to the website and you can do it individually, or you can do it in a small group, but they're up there just because I think they're life giving and they'll make a difference.
1: Awesome. Oh, it's good. I will be checking those out (laughs) for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alan. Uh, Again, you're such a gift.
2: Thanks. I really enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> it's it great, to, great to chat with you again.
0: Thanks for listening to Holistic Hearts. As always, leave a review and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about my mom and all the things she is writing about, go to www.kristinfieldstradwick.com.